Today's reading is from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. 2,000 years ago, something, something happened 2,000 years ago. But I want to skip ahead, just, or skip back just a little bit between uh, what we call Good Friday and, and Easter Sunday. And I want us to think about the people that were following Jesus. Um, we often think of, when we, when we watch the movies and things like that, we often think of just this 12 group of guys that, that, watched, that, that followed Jesus wherever he went. But there was actually more than that. There were women, there were uh, children, there were families. The women actually uh, helped fund the, the ministry a, a quite a great deal. So they were all walking with. So when Jesus traveled from one place to the other, there was more than 12. It's just in the movies, they don't want to pay for that you know, big a cast. So you know, they just show the highlights. But the disciples and the people with them had been following this guy named Jesus now for about three years. And in that following, they had seen some things that they had never seen before. First off, they followed a person that spoke with such authority and just knew, uh, knew what they were talking about. And every time that somebody would challenge him on something, he always had a good comeback and just knew kind of what they were talking about. But they also saw him do some things that they, they couldn't quite understand to this day. We call them miracles. He saw him heal people. He saw him do crazy things. He would speak in parables and stories, and it was just a new way. And yes, he had a sense of humor, and yes, he had sarcasm, and yes, he walked among us. And to them, this was something incredibly special. This was something life-changing for them, so much so that they would follow him for three years. Wherever he went, they would go. They were excited about this faith. They were excited about the things that Jesus was doing. But I think that they were also a little bit nervous. You see, in those times, the Romans, you just didn't, you didn't say things that would upset the empire. You did not challenge the authority. You did not challenge the empire. You did not even challenge the religious authority. And Jesus had been doing all of that for 
three years. And so the disciples, the people that were following him, a little bit nervous about this. Because, you see, Jesus was not the first person to claim that he was the Messiah. Far from it. There had been other people that claimed that they were the chosen one. They would come, they would preach, they would teach, they would get followers, they would get disciples, and they would go around and say, I am the chosen one. Until finally they would step out of line just a little bit too far, and Rome would say, okay, that's it. And they'd put him on a cross, and they'd die. And what would happen after that is that the followers would disband. They, they weren't coming back. It squashed them, and it ended it. And that's what Rome was about. You challenge us, we will end you. Religious movements tried to get started. Challenges to authority tried to get started. It never took place. It never got off the ground because they would kill once they stepped out of line. And so the disciples of Jesus now, they got this in the back of their head. If you're in Roman territory, chances are when you entered into a new town, on the outskirts of that town, you would see crucifix. Because that was the Romans' way of saying, welcome to our town, but if you step out of line, this will be you. And yet they still followed him because they they felt something was special about this. But on Friday, on Friday, something strange happened. They came and took Jesus away. The religious leaders, you know, they, they used all these kind of excuses that he was preaching blasphemy and all of this kind of stuff. The empire didn't like him because he was saying things like he was the king of kings, he was the son of man. Those are the things that the empire say, says. And so what they're saying is quite political. They're saying, you're not the king, he is. And they took him away. At that moment, at that moment, the men scattered. They ran. They did not want to go with Jesus. At that moment, the disciples were thinking, this is it. The women, on the other hand, man, the women were, they were tough. They were just like, don't tell me where I can go and I can't go. I'm going to go. And the women went to the cross. One disciple joined them, John. John's the one that they believe is the, when the uh, book of John actually talks about the disciple that Jesus loved, they think we're, we think we're talking about John. And he witnessed with the, the women, Jesus beaten and hung on that cross, just like all of the people before him. All of the ones that claimed to be the Messiah, the chosen one, there he was, the same fate, hanging on that cross. And they watched him die. Die. They watched Jesus die. 
They thought it was it. They thought it was over. And for that couple of moments after this, Friday to Sunday, the faith was going the same way as the faiths before them. Then no time did the disciples say, we got to rally. I know, let's get a guy with a guitar, we'll make a tent and we'll have some sing-alongs. They hid. They cowered. They didn't want them to be next. At that moment, the Christian faith ended. At that moment, they were ready to become fishermen again and go off in their jobs. They had followed somebody else, and it had the same result. At that moment, they had tremendous doubt. Wouldn't you? you you've seen somebody die. And now, they believed in the same time that uh, in the first century, they believed the same thing that we believe when you're dead, you're dead. They thought it was over. And then Easter morning happened. <laughs> Again, the brave women. The brave women. You see, when, when somebody was, uh, had died in that first century, what they would do is they would uh, put them, the body, they would, they would wrap it in linens, and, and normally what they would do is they would uh, uh, rub oil on it, and they would bring uh, sensey things like uh, frankincense and stuff, and they, they would put uh, them in the tomb. And at the time of, of the first century, a burial was where you would put the body in the tomb, you would make it smell good in there. The body would decay. And then a while later, you would go back into that tomb, which is kind of like a, 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 a cave, and it would be, have a, a cover on it made of stone that you could roll away, kind of like a doorway. You would go into that later. You would gather the bones, and then you would put those bones into a box, and that would be your final resting place. The, the, the tomb is a rental. Yeah, it's a lease. <laughs> the women were not able to uh, do what they wanted to do to the body uh, during a, a holy time. So they, on Easter morning, they went with their, uh, their oils and their frankincense, and they went to anoint the body. But they couldn't. Because Jesus wasn't there. Now at that first moment on the, in the Bible, and you, you watch the shows, that's when you hear the start, someone starts playing a harp. You know, and it gets pretty cool. Because we know, we know what's happening. Peekaboo, he's not there. <laughs> but at the time, when the women opened that and saw... They thought he was dead, and they thought that someone stole the body. They did not think that he was resurrected. They ran to the other disciples, and they said, somebody has stolen Jesus. They didn't say, he's alive! 
They said, somebody stole him. Somebody has taken him. And two of the disciples, Peter, the dumbbell of the group, and John, the one that Jesus loved and bragged about it, ran as fast as they could to the tomb. John ran faster. He was younger, I'm pretty sure. And he had sneakers. He was the first one to wear sneakers. You can't run in sandals. But he got there first, and he stopped outside the tomb door. And why did he stop? Because in their tradition, entering there is unclean. So his, his instinct is that this is unclean. He stops. He wouldn't stop if he thought that Jesus had risen again. He stopped because he thought it was a decaying body in there. And then he saw that it was gone, and he thought it was stolen. Peter gets there about an hour later. He's just running, you know, but just... And it's the speed, the momentum is at it, and he, he can't stop. He runs right into the tomb. And what he sees is the linen leaning, leaning there. And then he sees the wrappings that they would wrap the head nicely folded. And he thought, oh, you know, these guys stole the body, but don't they fold nice? Look at that crease. Wow. And the Bible says that until this time, they did not understand. And then something would happen. Something would happen that changed them forever. They witnessed the resurrected body of Jesus. Resurrected means going back up. Hey, guys. Sorry about the hand. I see you. Uh, sorry. I know, that's terrible, isn't it? But something happened that was so powerful that this religion did not die like the others. Remember, there were people before him that were crucified and everybody scattered and the following would end. And this one, for just a few days, did end. But then, after this day in history, this religion became bigger and had more followers than there ever were during the time that Jesus walked the earth. It survived for over 2,000 years. The disciples who were running scared and ready to just quit their day jobs suddenly gave everything that they had, everything, to tell people about this faith, to tell people the gospel, the good news, to tell people that Christ is love. Something happened where they would welcome the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. They would talk to a place, they would cast lots, and they would decide who's going to go out and spread out and share this news with everybody. Please hear that word, everybody. Something happened on this day that changed everything for them. Instead of running to the hills, they were running to everybody, telling them that this guy is the guy. 
Even Thomas, who we call Doubting Thomas, well, I'm not sure I believe it. They thought he was stuck up. He went the furthest. In his ministry to spread the gospel, he went to India. He went the furthest. From a man that said, I won't believe it until I see it, he's recorded in history as going to India in sandals. That's a long walk. Something changed where their doubts faded away. And they had an inner strength about them. They didn't look for another leader to follow. They didn't look for another thing to, to get behind. It was this. And they gave everything that they had to follow that and to spread the news and to invite people. They went outside of their culture. They went outside of their income. They went outside of their country. They went outside of even their faith to get more people to tell them about Jesus Christ. And they gave their lives for it. Some of these guys, they died horrendously. They, they died in ways that are hard to say on a Sunday morning. And you know what? All they had to do is recant. They could have saved their own lives by just saying, yeah, that Jesus thing, we just kind of made it up. I'm sorry. It just looked good in the book. They could have said that and they could have had their lives spared, but they didn't. They gave everything that they had, including their life, because of this faith, the faith that they doubted. But then something happened on Easter morning that gave them all the strength in the world to continue to share this story. Why don't we believe that now? 2,000 years later, this faith of this person that defeated death we think is so fragile that it could die any minute. This faith that changed lives to where people welcomed people, the early churches were incredible. Everybody was invited. Everybody was welcomed in. Everybody. They would sing songs. They would have baptisms. They would share communion. And they also... They also plugged education. They educated people that would never get an education. Some of the earliest books in our history are credited to Christians. They taught people how to read. And they fed people. They reached out to people. Even in the first century, if there was a natural disaster, the last people to leave were the Christians because they gave their lives for others, because of that faith that they had, was so strong that they knew that whatever happened to them in this life, they were going to be fine. Close your eyes one, open your eyes another. But today we're scared to do that. Oh, we can't let them in. They, we can't let them in. They, they eat M&M's. 
if, if we allow that in our church, it'll die because it's so fragile. We, we can't reach out to other cultures and countries. and we, we can't open our doors to everybody. Truly, we can't open our doors to everybody, can we? We can't give everything that we have. We got to look for a new leader. We got to look for a politician. We got to look for somebody that speaks loud. Because we need somebody to intercede because Jesus is alive. Do we truly believe that? If we truly believed it, would we be panicking the way that we do? If we truly believed in the resurrected God, which is what this whole, whole faith is based on. This is the most important in the Christian calendar. This is the most important holiday of them all. This is what changed the disciples, and they did a turn. Went from running scared to going boldly. And their boldness was not, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. Their boldness was, come with us. Welcome. Have this meal. Let me, let me help educate you. What else do you need? Let me stay and work with you. Let me be inviting. That's why the gospel is called the good news. But today, today we, we think that if you do this, it's going to crumble. Today, we are so guarded and so paranoid, and we fight against everybody. We are so divided right now because we think that this faith is so fragile. This faith that is based on God incarnate that gave his life and defeated death. The world's a scary place. There's a lot of people that make a lot of money off of that fear. As long as you're afraid, they're doing good. But Christ defeated death so that all of us will never die. I hope that gives you, I hope it gives you a sigh of relief. We don't, we don't have to be afraid. Our job as disciples of Jesus, which is, means followers of Christ, it's, it, our job is not to judge or to play God. You see that door? Our job is to make sure that everyone that comes through that door feels welcome. Our job is to love. That's an easy job. We don't, we don't have to decide. We just give them to Jesus. There you go. There you go. Let me get out of your way. There you go. Because that's the guy. I hope we find comfort in that. I hope we find comfort, the same comfort that over 2,000 years ago, a bunch of knuckleheads felt it, saw it, witnessed it, and died joyfully because of it. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, 
we get shaken sometimes, and we do doubt sometimes. We question sometimes. We know you understand this. Help us think about just how, how big you are, how powerful you are, and how loving you are. Let us not fear things so much as to spread joy in this world and spread love in this world, to share it. We don't want to covet our belief in you. We want to spread it. We want to love you. We want to love ourselves. And we want to love our neighbor. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.